Hello friends, welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. Today, I wanted to share my journey starting my little spiritual business. It's been a very weird ride, so we're in for a very fun little story time. <laughs> I'm going to share some ghost stories, a dramatic story about my very short time working at a psychic hotline, some resources for you if this is something you want to pursue, or even if it's not, just some nice motivational talk. Here we go. I've talked about the beginning of my journey a lot, but not necessarily this most recent chunk of it. As I told before, I began offering sessions at little events and parties that were tied to my spiritual mentor and her circle of friends when I was 16. A year later, I graduated high school to pursue acting, and then it switched to dance. I was still taking on clients throughout all of this, but it was all word of mouth and through my little profile that remained on the Spiritual Center's website. I did an intense dance scholarship program that lasted for a year when I was 19, and then after that, because I was focusing on dance for so long, I started to get the itch to focus back onto spirituality a little bit more. I just needed to find a balance between the two because I would get too caught up in one or the other and then crave for the other. It happened all the time. My mentor and I had a couple falling outs as time went on. I grew up very much an adult in a child's body, so I would talk to adults as equals, and there was some stuff going on in her life that was just not okay because it was affecting the people around her in a very bad way. So I told her about it and the messages I was receiving regarding it all, and she got upset at this. So we lost contact for a little bit. After a couple months, we made up, but we still didn't really remain close. So when this itch came back up, I decided to give it a shot to reach out to her again and see if I could start working closer with her spiritual center like I used to. She told me that she had taken a step back and was only purely renting the space out rather than actively finding practitioners and holding events and stuff. So we made a deal that I would clean and cleanse the space in exchange for a room to hold readings or classes or whatever, since the price was a bit high for me at the time. I had an idea for a class that I wanted to do. I think it had to do with fairies. I wanted to build a little bit more clientele through it, so I figured an event would be a good way to draw people in. I had written out this, like, layout for the class, what I wanted to teach, and, like, you know, just the basic structure, and I sent it to her because I wanted to get her opinion on it, but she replied to my email just saying, as I said, I don't work closely with the practitioners anymore. If you want to schedule a class, just give me the date and time. I was taken aback <laughs> because I had honestly just wanted her opinion as my mentor. So after getting that message, I was just like, all right, screw it. I'm not going to deal with this weirdness anymore. And I decided it was time for me to move on. This was a very weird stage of my life. I was working through self-esteem issues, fighting out my people pleaser ways. This time honestly just feels like a blur. <laughs> I had gotten a job at a fitness clothing store. While I was also like nannying, dancing, and working with clients, things were crazy. But I began to slowly open up more, which brought me a little bit more clientele. And then it just kind of kept growing from there. 
At work, everybody knew what I did. Everyone would start asking me questions about their past lives. There's also a lot of activity in the store, so everybody kind of came to me for advice on how to (laughs) deal with it. There was, in particular, a ghost in the bathroom. This is an interesting story, actually. I had felt that the store used to be like a bar or something, and there was a secret brothel in the back. And the energy in the bathroom was that of a woman that had belonged to the brothel. I don't know if she ran it or if she was just part of it, but she definitely felt, like, more mature. She was an older woman. She was very confident, very much in charge, but also very nurturing and very protective. She was really wonderful, and soon my coworkers started also talking to her anytime they went in there, which was cool. But that store had a lot of weird things going on. There would be, like, banging sounds, lights turning on and off, knocking, things moving, doors slamming. A lot of times we'd hear, like, footsteps, like someone was running in the hallway, but there'd be nothing there. Oh, there's a, here's another story. One of my newer coworkers at the time had very heavy energy. She had a lot of bizarre health issues was always in a bad mood and just, I don't know, her energy always felt a bit chaotic, so I kind of kept my distance. There were two bathrooms in the back of the store for both our use and our customers' use. The one on the left is the one that had the lady in it, and then the one on the right was actually typically used for storage. (laughs) So there was a sign to customers that it was out of service just to keep them out. This coworker, however, the one that um, just felt a little bit chaotic, you know, preferred that one for some reason, so that's like the only one she would use. I remember I had randomly gone in there to grab something, grab like a mannequin or something in there. I never used that bathroom, and the second I walked in, ooh, it was like a wave of just heavy energy hitting me in the face. There was an energy being in there that felt like spiky. I don't know. It just felt very like hostile and on edge. It would growl at me or try to, like, invade my space with these, like, energy drag- dragons? Daggers. (laughs) Energy daggers. I felt like I was being, ah, just, like, violated. It was so bad. So I would have to go in there with a protective bubble and just basically ready to push it away or fight it off a bit. After a little while, a few other of my coworkers came to me for guidance because they were claiming things like they felt they were being watched when they went to the bathroom, they would feel super uncomfortable, the air felt really thick. So at this point, I decided to cleanse the bathroom, but the next day that that coworker had come back to work, it was immediately back. It felt very much like she was doing it on purpose. Like, I felt like she knew what she was doing. It seemed like she would go in there for a long time and do some kind of ritual or something because she wouldn't use the bathroom. She would just go in there for, like, a half hour and then (laughs) would, like, open up this crazy portal. I don't know what her beliefs or practices were. I have no idea what was going on, but it just did not feel cool. (laughs) So every so often, I would go in there to basically set the ground rules with this being so that it would just stop bothering people. She wasn't there for very long. She left the company fairly soon after this, and then that was the end of the dark bathroom. So after a bit, momentum started picking up in terms of gaining clients and stuff, and around this time is when I met Ivory. After sticking to this job for a couple years, 
I started doing the Astral Ivory videos, the YouTube videos with Ivory. <laughs> Some of you know me from those. Um, and then finally, it just got to the point where it was time to leave my job to pursue this because it was my passion and I loved it a lot. So I quit, but I felt a little lost as to how to make a living with this. I very clearly had issues with lack and trusting myself, so I was making the process way more difficult for myself. But that's how we learn. So in this state of lack and misalignment, I decided to apply for psychic hotlines. And what a mess that was. I want to share this very openly because I was always curious about how psychic hotlines work and the process behind them, but this is just my experience. This was not an energetic fit for me at all. I mean, it fit the funky energy I was putting out, but it was a huge misalignment with what I actually wanted. <laughs> so I may sound very critical about them, but it's just my perspective on them. You can totally have a different one. Just FYI, putting that out there now. So I had Googled the best rated psychic hotlines there were, well, available to me in the U.S. because I heard so much weird stuff about fake psychics and I just wanted to go somewhere that was actually reputable. I applied to the top two that I found. They both had long application processes where you answer a bunch of questions about your work history, what your abilities are, just general get-to-know-you type stuff. I heard back from both of them in about a week, and then they followed the same interview process from there on out. So the first phase was an interview and me giving a mini reading to the person conducting the interview. The readings for this were literally like three to five minutes long, which was kind of bizarre. It was literally just like one question that had to do with work and one that had to do with like a loved one that had passed. When someone comes to you for a reading, they, hopefully, <laughs> are going to trust you, trusting you, trusting your messages, trusting your abilities. Before the interviews, I had gotten maybe one client that went in walled up, not really trusting me, you know, kind of trying to throw me off during the session, but I was in a position to be like, you're wasting both of our times. If you need help, I need you to be honest and trust me. So feeling like I had to prove my gifts and not feeling like I was in a position of control over the situation was very uncomfortable. I was way too concerned about how others perceived me rather than just being like, here I am, take it or leave it. Anyway, both went well and I was on to phase two. This consisted of two trial readings. They basically had people that would screen potential psychics by having a 30-minute reading with them, and then they would report back. For the first company, the first reading went absolutely terrible. <laughs> Worst reading ever. The lady that contacted me was absolutely not interested, not invested. She had a fussy baby, so things were chaotic, and she was super rude. I began the session like I always do, just asking if there was anything in particular she wanted to discuss, and she flat out said, no, there's no information I need from you. I have everything I need. I'm just doing my job. Tell me what I need to know. <laughs> I was so taken aback. I just started doing my thing, telling her what was coming up. I would ask her for clarification on some things just to see if things resonated with her, you know, just trying to get feedback as we went because she wasn't saying anything. And anytime I asked a question, she either flat out ignored me or would just be like, okay. <laughs> I had to repeat myself a lot because of the baby crying. And finally, after like 20 minutes, 
she was like, okay, I'm done. I have to go. So weird. It was so bad. (laughs) I did not have good feelings about it. I knew I needed to get good reports back from both readings. So I knew everything was down the toilet after that one. There was no way I would get hired. The second interview with that company went exceptionally well. The girl was really into fairies, so we had a really fun conversation. Those two practice readings were polar opposites, (laughs) but as expected, I didn't hear back. For the second company, both readings went really well, and they contacted me back for the hiring process. For this, I was contacted by the guy that had done my interview, I was to get a bio together, a blurb about my specialties, a picture taken. It was supposed to be like a passport photo so that all of the headshots for all the psychics were cohesive. I had to create a stage name since I wasn't allowed to have my identity at all on there. So my name was Amber of the Meadow. (laughs) We went deeper into discussing how I run my sessions and then we did a little training thing. I was told that I wasn't allowed to mention my real name, a website, email, personal phone number, nothing. The client wasn't allowed to have any shed of evidence as to my actual identity or my contract would be immediately terminated. I had to answer the phone immediately. They wanted it picked up right when it goes off, so like right at the first ring. If the phone went to voicemail three times, I would get fired. If it went at all, even once, I would get in trouble, but three times was like the limit. I was supposed to ask their name and birth date for security reasons immediately answering the call. Um, What else? A majority of callers had prepaid minutes that were part of a really discounted bundle, so they would get like one minute for 99 cents or something. These bundles could be used for any psychic, but once those minutes ran out, you'd pay the psychics per minute rate instead. The company set what those were, but they could be anything to $13 per minute, which adds up very fast. When you were talking to a psychic and using a bundle and your minutes were up, there would be a recording play that alerted them that the psychic's per minute price was now in effect, which, as I said, would add up quickly. Apparently, the customer was told that the psychic couldn't hear that recording, but we actually could, so I was instructed to just continue talking and engaging them as if I didn't hear, just trying to drag out the conversation. That seemed a little sketchy to me, but I put my suspicions aside, just assuming I was being dramatic. The next day, I was to do three practice sessions with actual callers. Each one was going to be recorded. He was going to listen to them, take notes, and then we were going to discuss it all the following day. The first call I got was a girl who called thinking she found out who a past life was, which was actually a really interesting conversation. She was a silent film actress, and she had gotten this book about a bunch of different silent film actresses, And she had seen the picture of one and started reading about her, and all of these memories started flooding in. So she had called to kind of confirm what that was about. The second one was literally a minute and a half. (laughs) It was just a yes or no question, and the message came very quickly, so it was easy peasy. And then I don't remember the third, but I think it was about like 20 minutes long or so. So we had our meeting the next day, and this is when a lot more red flags started popping in, and I began second-guessing my decision being here. (laughs) 
First, he told me that I had to answer the phone all dramatically to use up some time. He wanted me to say something like, Hello, I've been waiting for you. Let me take a moment to connect to my spirit guides. Like, have this whole spiel going on. He encouraged me to do some sort of meditation with the caller and say it was to connect to their energy or to just make it sound like I was doing some ritual to make a connection. Now, one thing I don't like is how media portrays psychics. My mission is to make this all more normalized rather than this weird theatrical thing. Some people like theatrics, and that's totally cool, all power to them, but it is not my thing at all. <laughs> it also felt very ungenuine because the goal was to use up their minutes, which was not okay, and I was not going to incorporate that at all. Absolutely not. During the second call, the super short one, the lady had opened and closed with very affectionate compliments and words of endearment towards my guides, which I never had a client do before. I thought it was very respectful at the time, you know, I appreciated it, but after hearing this, it kind of made sense because I figured that all the psychics probably had a little monologue like that to make it sound like this intense magical thing, you know? He also told me that I needed to ask more questions to draw out the conversations more, which was also not okay with me. He said I could have asked the first girl things like why she was so excited about it, what she wanted to do with that information, ask more questions about like the details of the memories she was receiving about that past life. He literally said if it was him, he could have extended that call out another 45 minutes, but for what? You know, ugh. With the second lady, the quick minute and a half call, he said that I could have asked who the person she was asking about was, how long she knew him, what made her have the impression that whatever was going to happen was going to happen, what their history was, you know, all this stuff. I told him that I didn't need any of those in the conversation. If I did, obviously I would have asked, but he was basically like, just do it anyway and spend more time dragging things out. At this point, I was getting very frustrated. With the last call, he didn't have much to say other than just asking her more questions. I felt very gross about the whole thing, but I had just signed the contract, so I figured I'd hang in there for a little bit, but be as authentic to myself as possible. I was not going to put on a big show and waste anyone's time. I took it as an opportunity to honestly help people that probably weren't receiving what they needed because there were a bunch of people trying to take advantage of them. I wasn't sure how often the reading recordings were listened to, but I promised myself that if he wanted to meet because he wasn't happy with how I was conducting them, I was going to quit. This just gave me a realization. <laughs> the first company job I was ever hired at was a clothing store when I was 17. I had always wanted to work there, but after being hired, I realized how gross and toxic and just not okay <laughs> that environment was. I figured I'd give it a chance just to see since it was a new job, but then I ended up quitting after two weeks. It was terrible and there was just no way. This is getting deep and sorry, this is a total ramble, but I feel like sharing so I shall. I had a really bad struggle with self-esteem and self-worth growing up. I've talked about that before. And a lot of my work ventures led me into gross environments at this early stage of being on my own, but I would just deal with it at first rather than immediately leave the company because I didn't want to disappoint the people that had hired me and had spent their time training me and stuff. 
That's interesting, actually. Another realization. Last year, I had gotten an acting agent, and she very quickly showed herself to not be a good fit. After a few weeks, she began pushing me to do things and put myself in situations I wasn't comfortable with, and I decided to fire her. A part of me felt bad at first because she spent so much time getting things prepped for me, you know, as an agent, but I knew that my well-being was far more important than her time, and especially when it comes to acting, you're put in kind of sketchy situations sometimes, and if she wasn't going to have my back already with little things, you know, there was no way it was going to work out. Look at that progress right there. (laughs) Boundaries and honoring your self-worth from the beginning is very important. Repetitive things like this, recurring stuff, you know, points to cycles that should probably be addressed because they're still active somewhere in your field and they are not serving you anything. So I am now just realizing this cycle, but at the time I decided not to allow anyone to basically put me in an uncomfortable position anymore. If something didn't align with my values, it's not worth my time. And that cycle is not anything I will be manifesting anymore. Thank you very much. (laughs) Anyway, as the days went on, things started piling up. That answer on the first ring thing gave me the worst anxiety. I was scared of going to the bathroom during my online time in case I missed a call and I would get in trouble. I couldn't feel like I could relax because you have to be super present to pick up the second you hear a noise. You know, the second the phone starts to ring, having to pick up immediately is so stressful. (laughs) It was terrible. Since I was new, I wasn't getting that many calls at first. There was probably like 20 to 30 minutes of silence of nobody, you know, in between each reading. And having to sit intently like that was just draining. It was exhausting. I would get calls from people that were really cautious about me not wanting to say their birth date because they thought I would use astrology to, like, know things about them from the beginning or get, like, a weird advantage. I would explain to them that I know literally nothing about astrology, (laughs) so it wouldn't matter. But they wouldn't believe me, which just made out for a weird start where I just, there was just no trust at all. I would have people quickly hang up the second I finished answering their question to save their minutes, which didn't feel very good. I literally would just finish a sentence, and once they felt they got what they needed, they'd just hang up. I remember there was this one guy who was going through a really bad breakup and was telling me what other psychics had told him because he was confused, and it made me very upset because they were very clearly giving him confusing or contradictory information so that he could continue to call back. Ugh, it made me so mad because he was literally crying every time he called and uh, it just it just felt so disgusting. So I tried to gain a relationship with him so that he could come to me for things so that he wouldn't get taken advantage of. Don't get me wrong, there were plenty of honest and gifted psychics there, but there were also some there just for the money and it just, yeah. Anyways, despite all of this heaviness, I made some really wonderful connections. There were some good parts to this. I was one out of like two that communicated with extraterrestrials, so I would sometimes get some really interesting calls for that. There was one lady who worked at a bar and would get really strange people coming in quite often. She had a hunch that none of them were actually human, which was right on. It was, oddly enough, a hot spot for various collectives to come, and they would go disguised as humans, but they were very clearly awkward in their bodies and out of place. 
That's probably one of my favorite chats I've had just because it's just so bizarre. After like two months, I started to feel absolutely drained. My boyfriend's mom even commented that it felt like my abilities were being taken advantage of. It was frustrating because I had some really great regulars that I really just created really nice relationships with, but because I couldn't tell them who I was and how to contact me outside of here, I felt like my hands were tied a little bit. I felt guilty about leaving because I didn't want to leave them hanging, and I didn't trust the other psychic, so it just felt like a really kind of screwy situation just to leave them in. Originally, the deal I had made with the guy that had interviewed me was that I was to be online for at least 15 hours per week, but if I had to go on vacation or something, I could just go. I didn't have to tell anybody. I needed a break, so we went to visit my boyfriend's family for like a week and a half, and I stayed offline for that whole time. It was just so nice to get away from everything. I felt like that job was sucking my soul, so when we got back home, I took another week off to recoup because I just wasn't ready. And then when I finally went to log on, my login wasn't working. I looked online to see if my profile was still up. It'll say, it'll just say like, you're offline when you're not there, you know? But my profile wasn't there at all whatsoever. I assumed it was perhaps a glitch, so I waited a couple days, checked again, and it said my login wasn't connected to a profile, and it was clear that it had been deleted. This was against our contract. (laughs) In order for me to be fired, they were required to give me written notice, and I got absolutely nothing. But honestly, total blessing. (laughs) I took it as a sign that I had to get away because that was a hot mess. (laughs) I took some time just to kind of reassess what I wanted to do. I just, I just needed still some, literally this job was so bad. (laughs) It literally took me like a month or two to fully refill, recharge my batteries. It was so bad. I went into all of this thinking that I wouldn't be able to magically create a business from scratch by myself. Silly me, here I am now. (laughs) So I'm not surprised that going in with such an imbalanced attitude, it reflected back to me a very imbalanced result. So I promised myself that I would never do that again. Very soon after, a job opportunity came up at my dance studio, and my boyfriend and I took it. We went on as marketing and youth program directors. I was there for a few years. That job taught me so much about myself, about business, about dealing with difficult people, (laughs) Photoshop, video editing. It gave me so much and allowed me to see that this was not something long-term. This was not something I wanted to pursue specifically that doesn't make let me start over I had originally wanted to open a dance studio at some point and so I had taken this job because I was like great this is a great step to get into this but once I did it I realized that it just wasn't my thing opening up a dance studio is not something I actually wanted for months I was telling myself I'll quit in a month or two I kept putting it off it literally went on for like a year that I was saying that Finally, COVID hit. I was taking the opportunity to fully reset my life and was getting ready to finally quit when the owner came up to me and said that she was deciding to step down as studio director and wanted to know if I was interested in essentially running it. 
What a test that was. The universe loves to throw in little tricky things like that. (laughs) It offered me higher pay. I knew she was really excited to offer me this opportunity. It would have been huge. I was talking to my grandma about it and told her because I was so honored and she was really excited saying how amazing an opportunity that was. I didn't want to let the owner down. I didn't want to let my grandma down. But every time I thought about it, it was very clear that wasn't the direction I wanted to go. So the answer was obvious. I turned down the opportunity and I quit my job. This was a very powerful time and definitely felt like I stepped into a whole other lifetime. This was like a total reincarnation. I was hearing a lot of fear dialogue from my family, asking how I was going to make money, what I was going to do, what I, you know, just basically they wanted stability for me, which I appreciate. I understand it was out of the kindness of their own heart, but it's also out of fear and I am not operating that way. At this point, my reality was aligned in such a way where as long as I stayed centered in my being, I knew abundance and prosperity would flow no matter what. I was prioritizing my inner being rather than focusing so much in the physical, you know, with just that hustle, what's it called, hustle culture, and like, I don't know, just pushing myself and working myself and killing myself and stressing myself. I did that for so long, no more. (laughs) I really tried to put my manifestation practice to work, so I was focusing on how I wanted to feel, what I wanted to experience. I called in all that abundance, I wrote down what I wanted, and allowed myself a moment to experience it while I sent it breaky every night. I wanted to be a part of some community that was made up of healers and psychics, but actually fit my values, but offered me freedom to be me and have my identity, you know? And shortly after this is when I stumbled upon healers. Some of you know me from there. (laughs) Healers was a community of like-minded practitioners that wanted to normalize energy and spirituality, which was so important to me. Sadly, it no longer exists. Well, sad for me, but not for them. They merged with WellSet, which is another company that offers healings and stuff. Honestly, I'm a little confused about them. I really loved the healers community and I wasn't ready for it to change, so I've been reluctant to jump on board with WellSet, so I'm not that familiar with them yet, but it was a great opportunity for them. Totally happy for them. (laughs) They started out as a podcast and then grew it into a little healers collective where you could schedule sessions with various practitioners. I found them on Instagram right when they were in the process of building this collective, so I got super lucky because very shortly after this, they had to start waitlisting practitioners because they were getting way too many applications in. (laughs) So the whole thing was just perfect in every way, divine timing at its finest. Between that and social media, I was able to very quickly build my little full-time business After a while, I joined another service called Hey Hero, which is where I do my mini readings, which some of you also know me from. (laughs) It's different than healers in many ways. It is not a tight-knit community at all, but it does give me that freedom I desire and also allows me to be a little bit more accessible for people that can't afford a full reading. So that has connected me to really wonderful people and has been very nice. They had hit me in the DMs, so I got very lucky. Another nice little divine timing. 
If you are interested in pursuing this work and are looking for extra places to put yourself out there to just make some more connections, I highly recommend looking into Well Set and Hey Hero. Those have both worked for me very much. So highly recommend. (laughs) Or if you are looking for practitioners, highly recommend too. (laughs) For my friends that are just starting out or are deciding to now pursue this full time, or even if this isn't your thing, but you have some deep dreams and goals that you've been wanting to align with, I share this long story to say that when you allow yourself to commit to your passion, to what makes your heart sing, wholeheartedly, when you really trust it and allow the universe to work things out rather than you trying to force and search, you know, (laughs) you will succeed and it'll happen a lot quicker than you think. When you wait until the timing is perfect or your skills or tools are perfect, you're going to be waiting forever. There are plenty plenty of excuses to keep you from your dreams, but what's crazy is just by telling yourself, you know what, let's do this. This is what I want. Bring it to me. (laughs) You automatically allow a path to open to that destination you want. You are the creator of your journey. You yearn for what it is you yearn for because it's something that is already occurring in your existence. It's up to you to decide when it comes into the physical timeline, but it's already sitting there working itself out in the energetic. Mistakes may happen and bumps on the road may appear as you go, but those are just opportunities for growth and realignment. As you saw with my story, my issue was basically me getting in my way the whole time and not trusting myself. (laughs) But once I surrendered to my power and said, let's do this thing, things have been so good. This has been like the best time of my life. (laughs) But without those hiccups first, it may have taken me far longer to get to this point. There's a phrase I heard a while ago that cemented itself into my mind. I don't remember where I heard it from, but it was something along the lines of people want your magic, not your perfection. We are all unique for a reason. (laughs) We all have our own special little gift and sparkle that we've shed into the world and people want that they don't want you to be perfectly right all the time they want to be in your essence and feel good and share that you know what i'm saying now is as good a time as any to follow your passion and we will leave it at that (laughs) thank you so much for listening i am supporting you all the way if you need anything feel free to reach out i am sending you love i hope you have a great week thank you so much for listening i will talk to you soon Thanks for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about what I do, visit channelwithamber.com. For future updates on the show, to give some feedback on future episodes, or to just connect, follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. Shout out to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.